Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. On this episode, we'll be discussing play in Star Wars. Before we get started, what is your favorite way to play? <laughs> uh, what a weird question. Um, hey. What? It's okay. We're not in the Dr. Seuss book, Chris. <laughs> I say the nay. Oh, now y'all can see what I have to deal with on a daily basis. Today? (laughs) (laughs) Shall we enter the fray? I don't know. I I want to have a sarcastic response, but everything that comes to my mind doesn't end in A. (sighs) I'll make you pay. (laughs) There you go. That's a good one. Okay, anyways, hmm, I mean, probably my favorite type is, like, joking around and being sarcastic and such. I have noticed that. Yeah, that's something that I enjoy. (laughs) It was funny, actually, I read something, I think, on a post or something a couple months ago, and somebody said Slytherins mean people who glare a lot and find almost everything amusing and i'm like that sounds kind of like me that is you yes <laughs> i do i don't know why i just laugh about almost everything uh except terrible things mm. usually i mean i don't usually laugh about them but i'll make very facetious comments about them mm-hmm. yeah but what about you well yeah it's interesting because for me because when i think of play i think of of games often mm-hmm that I feel like there's kind of a difference between solitary play and group play. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I can have solitary play and really enjoy it, but group play tends to be in a different format. So for me, video games at this point aren't really a group play thing, but board mm-hmm. games or strategy games and things like that are. And so, yeah, so I kind of look at different ways of playing differently based off of who I'm doing it with. Yeah, and that's probably one of the reasons that I don't, do video games very much because I'm much less a solitary play type of person mm-hmm. because I'm more extroverted. So it's like, ah, play with people. That makes sense. Yeah. You do enjoy your word play. I do enjoy that kind of play. That's true. Yes. I do make jokes all the time. Often I mean, they're we... the same jokes repeatedly, but. Yeah. You do make joke all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the one. Mm-hmm. But yes, word play is, is high. Chief among my favorite types of jokes. Yes, we couldn't tell from this episode. <laughs> well, why don't we start talking about playing Star Wars? Okay. So we have a quote prepared today from A New Hope. And this quote is as they are going to what they believe to be Alderaan. And there's a game of space chess? I was going to say wizard's chess. <laughs> uh, between R2-D2 and Chewbacca. Maybe it's checkers. I don't even know what it is, but... It, looks... it does have a name. I just forget what it is. It's yeah. not Pazak. That's the card game. Cool. And so after a warning from Han, 3PO says, I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. Yeah, probably a good call. Not that R2 has any arms to lose to Wookiees, but it's uh, true. still the idea of, of violence when you lose is kind of the definition of a sore loser. 
Yeah, it really is. And Chewbacca was pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like the leaning back with his arms around his head. Yep. Yeah, very well exactly. done. Slicking back his wookie <laughs> hair. But I did really enjoy that even while there could potentially be caught by the empire and they're on a smuggler's ship and all of these different things like yeah let's play a game i'm sure it gets bored out in space it gets bored it gets bored Hmm. yeah Yeah. and people get boring yep exactly sounds about right Mm -hmm. well did you have a character that exemplified play in star wars for you i do so i decided to go with han solo because i feel like It is a pretty essential part of his character. His kind of sarcasm and snarky and sassiness that he just brings into everything all the time. Mm. For better or worse, I'm sure for some people, if you were around him 24-7, you might be like, shh. But for the most part, regardless of what situation it is, even if they're in the most dire circumstances, he'll bring some amusement into the situation. And I think it's interesting because I think obviously that's part of his charm as Mm. a character and it really adds a lot to the movies and makes the movies so enjoyable. But at the same time, I think it could function for himself too as a way that he's able to make more connections with people. Mm. He's able to weasel his way out of circumstances that aren't going the right way. And the fact that he is so charming with it is something that would be very useful if you are doing something that is against the, you know, the empire and you could get caught and killed, imprisoned, whatever it would be. But yeah, you're able to make connections and have people enjoy your company and all of these things. It is definitely an asset in an environment where you don't necessarily have very many assets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's literally disarming, right? Mm -hmm. It allows him to not be seen as a threat even when he is a threat or it allows him Mm -hmm. to yet subvert a situation so that it isn't threatening to him and and all these other kinds of ways yeah for sure and a part of me also wonders if it could be at all part of his own coping mechanisms Mm. because we know that he came from pretty bad situation right originally before mm-hmm. before the original trilogy if you watched solo you get to see a lot more of yeah he was basically a slave and he finally was able to get out of that situation but it's not like oh well now everything in life is made for me mm-hmm. and i can do whatever i want yeah he he has to work under job of the hut and be putting himself at risk all the time and then throughout the original trilogy gets into all of these different types of stressful situations and it's interesting if we see it as a coping mechanism for him that he's just relied on so much in his life that it's so natural and second nature to him now but it's something I kind of wonder about if that was always a part of him or if he's really leaned into it the more uh, the empire has taken hold in the galaxy. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, part of it I think is, is from his cockiness as well. As he tells other people not to get cocky. Exactly. But he, he does have it, but he's also not always the most competent person around. So it, it's just an interesting thing because how much of that is purposeful mm-hmm. and how much of this is just... Uh, is something that is comedic because the writers of the movie were making a comedic character, 
right? Mm-hmm. And how much of it is that he himself purposefully or unintentionally has this as part of his personality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very interesting. Well, what about a plot point? Well, I had a plot point that has to do with Mr. Solo. Ah, Mr. Solo. Yes. Uh, my plot point I want to talk about was the card game between Han and Lando <laughs> uh, for the Millennium Falcon. Because before Solo came out, all we knew was that he won it from Lando in a card game. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really great character point because clearly the Falcon is very special to both of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and certainly to Han. And the idea that he played a card game for it, he played a <laughs> yeah. game for this thing that's so important and it's so important to the series is, I think, a really interesting piece of his character because it shows you the kinds of situations that he's in right and it says a lot about him that you hear just this this backstory said in just a you know a couple lines of dialogue that he won this in a game that he calls fair and square and i was thinking about how i don't know how i feel about solo's retcon of it Mm -hmm. The, the way they change it to be that the first time he plays lando lando cheats and wins and the second time han stops him from cheating And then Lando's overconfident because he thinks he can still cheat, and then he loses. And so it makes it so that it's not entirely just a game. There are other things going on beyond just how well he can play this game. I guess you could add that this meta level of how well you are able to cheat or scam someone is part Mm -hmm. of the game itself, which I think is interesting. And I think that's interesting having both originally Lando and then later Han's, like, actions and and agency in trying to go to not play a game but in order to try to control their fate in some way leading to this very important ship being owned by one or the other i just i don't know which one i prefer whether it is Mm. just a straight game that they played or whether there was more kind of thought into it and and more manipulation involved yeah that's interesting i've think that it makes Lando's character more interesting if we go with the solo version of it Hmm. because then it shows that he was in a very different circumstance before and he would play these games and he would with the games he was gambling in he wasn't foolish Hmm. with it because why would you wager that ship Mm -hmm. if you didn't think that yes you 100% are gonna win Mm -hmm. so it makes him be a little more Slytherin savvy Mm -hmm. instead of just like foolish and who knows sorry I've I've mentioned Harry Potter way too many times in this (laughs) Star Wars episode but uh I think it also shows more why he was so concerned with trying to have best been turn out well mm. and the fact that he was trusted in this you know in cloud city and he potentially could have lost that all to the empire if he didn't go along with their plan and i think it adds a little more nuance to his character mm-hmm. that way yeah i think i think you're absolutely right i, I guess it's interesting because i feel like it kind of takes away from han's character in some way because he got a whole movie about him. I mean, that's true. But he he that that line I think and it adds a lot to that line in Empire where he says, "I want it from you fair and square." But he did, didn't he? So he did win it fair and square, ish. 
because it was a game that Lando did not have the advantage of cheating in, but Lando didn't know that he didn't have that advantage. And so he was playing a game with a different mindset than Han was. That's true, but I still think he still had the cards he had. Yes, right, for sure. So I, I think it... It's true. I mean, I think that it's more fair than certainly it was when Lando was just cheating. <laughs> yeah. But I think that Han was in that way manipulating the game so that he could win. He would have the, the odds in his favor. Well, I would say he was manipulating the person. He wasn't manipulating the game. True. Yeah. But I still think that's that's manipulation and that makes that it inherently unfair because they're not at an equal advantage or disadvantage. One of them has an advantage over the other that was purposeful and manipulative, ma- manipulatory. And so... There isn't fairness there. And so it's just, it's interesting, but that that also uh, says a bit more me. about Han. I mean, that's because well, you're a Slytherin. Yeah, and you're a Hufflepuff. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, no. Because <laughs> it's like, hey, he was cheating, and so you're just going to make sure he can't cheat. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, true, but there's a way of doing that that's like, lets him know that he knows he's not going to be able to cheat, and there's the way that well, he did Well, I know, it. but then they couldn't get what they needed. <laughs> exactly, and that's what it comes down to, which is why I think that's manipulative. And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's an interesting change it's that it brought It's manipulatively fair. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't on? last in Slytherin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's true. Uh, why don't we go on to our compelling questions? Okay. Do you have one? Yes. So my question actually kind of jumps off there is, do you think play adds depth to characters in Star Wars? Mm. It's interesting because it certainly adds likability to characters, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily depth because Han, certainly in A New Hope, doesn't have a ton of depth there. He, I think, gets more over the series and we see more of the depth that he had in New Hope get fleshed out, but we don't see a lot of that, but we see a very likable character, right? Because of his, the way that he is funny and easygoing and, and all these other kinds of things. But I think that certainly the, the example with Lando and Han is character development. That is, that is adding depth to a character to show that this is, whether for good or ill, an aspect of that character that is important to who they are and the way that they interact with the galaxy and being able to be playful about their own history Mm -hmm. which not everybody would in that circumstance totally and and yeah i think that that for sure is the introduction of lando of him coming in seemingly like a threat and Mm -hmm. then being friendly but super friendly and then showing the this background it puts you on your toes, right? Like, I can't ever remember a time I didn't know that Lando ultimately becomes good. But I imagine that watching it for the first time, there's a lot of gray area there. And Mm -hmm. that's a great place for Lando to be in, you know, to have an ally who is on both sides in certain ways. And I think that he is, he has uh, good motivations for the most part, but he does bad things. And I think that that is good nuance to bring in. And I think that 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 starting it with that form of play is a good way of showing that. So I will say yes to your question. (laughs) What were you thinking? So, yeah, I was thinking that it does add character depth because it makes them more well-rounded characters. It makes them more whole Mm. people 
because if you don't have that, yeah, it's much more one note. And I think that you also see it with the droids because they add so much humor and that's part of what I would argue is that, you know, their personhood comes from some of the humor that they have. And some, some like, 3PO, he mostly doesn't mean it. Mm-hmm. But other droids do, right? And so, especially R2 is always messing with things and messing with C-3PO and saying rude things to C-3PO and all of that. And, and you get to see that definitely with K-2SO. You get to see it somewhat with L3 and... I think even BB-8 has a bit of that too. And so I think that that does add dimension to them. And lastly, I would say that definitely with Yoda. Mm. Because when we go to the prequels, I feel like Yoda is a much more flat character Mm. than he was in the original trilogy. Because in the original trilogy, they meet him and he's like just going through all of their stuff, like throwing things away and wants to take the light. And he's like, oh, you can't get your ship out. And, you know, like he's very much about the play. And he's a goofball. It's great. He totally is. But he has this other side of him that is very connected with the force and is very wise and is very serene and so in the prequels you almost only get that serene side you don't get the play which i felt was yeah you lost something of of his character Mm. well not not the yoda part but the uh, the aspect where the droids actually leads straight to my question which Uh is do you think that droids can play if we were talking about it outside of Star Wars, I would say mm, that might be a little strange. But I think that in Star Wars, they definitely do. Yeah, because I was thinking about it as... Because I, I think that you're right. There's a lot of interesting humor and stuff there. And they clearly have distinct personalities, right? Mm-hmm. And often the humor can be a part of that. But I guess when I think about their overwritten intentions the missions that they tend to be on based off of, you know, their programming and things like that. A lot of times their personality comes out of that. Um, So R2, I think, is a great example because, like, you mentioned that he, like, will say rude things to 3PO and things like that. And that's because he has a one set mind of just, like, I need to go and do this thing and you are not assisting me in doing this. And he doesn't have patience for that. True, but I don't know if it's all out of that because I think he makes those comments even when it doesn't have to do with like the mission. For me, when they're being humorous and it seems like they're intending to do something that's not just stating facts or something like that, that's when to me personality is breaking out of just programming. And I agree. Like, I, that's I think it's it's personality for sure. I just don't know if I see it as play well if they can have a personality why can't they have play um because they do have programming right they do have these missions that they are devoted to and with those missions with that programming do they have the ability to do things that are for fun and that are not according to that programming like we we can we can do fun in downtime and things like that but do they have downtime in the same way or are they entirely programmed to constantly be focused on whatever their their goal is well i guess the question would be can they enjoy things mm-hmm. because if they can't enjoy things then they can't really play right mm-hmm. 
But if they can enjoy things, then they should be able to play. Because even we have the example of like K2SO, Cassian told him, okay, you need to stay in the ship. Mm -hmm. And then he just disobeyed that order and came and wanted to see what was going on and help them. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like at least certain of them, yeah, can go outside what they were only programmed to do. And, like, R2 in in the first movie has this kind of mission that he was given by Princess Leia, right? Mm -hmm. But 3PO doesn't have the same thing, and so he's not compelled in the same way that R2 is. Right, he's compelled first just for survival, and then to do whatever (laughs) Luke tells him to. Well, exactly, like, it's mainly for survival, Mm -hmm. right? But, like, he makes what seem like emotional choices, Mm -hmm. right? Where the other unit that they were going to have helped them that that Uncle Owen was going to buy when it malfunctions, 3PO's like, well, that R2 unit over there is actually, you know, and says these good things about him, which probably are not true. (laughs) (laughs) And But that was like an emotional response. It wasn't like a mission-oriented response. So... That's why I would say, like, if they can have an emotional attachment to something and, like, they can care a lot about their companion that they're with, I would think that they can play. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, but I think it's an interesting, like, like, yeah, to go back to our episode on agency, I think that droids' personalities and their, their ability to make decisions and things like that is a really interesting way of looking at personhood in Star Wars and looking at how they can develop their own yeah, their own personalities, their own behaviors and things like that. And I think that play is is one of the ways that people are able to do that most sincerely or genuinely, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're talking about where it, it brings in personality and character development and things like that to characters. It, it flushes them out, mm-hmm. you know? And so if a droid can't have that, can they be fleshed out, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously they don't have flesh, so can't be fleshed out in some ways although there probably have been at some point some with flesh bodies or something probably yes all right well why don't well i mean that's the thing like again if we were talking about can computers in our world have true play i would say no but droids are different yeah all right well why don't we move on to our missed opportunities okay So my missed opportunity is that the antagonists don't really have play. Oh, so true. Right? And if we're talking about having better, more dynamic characters, that's one of the reasons that Star Wars doesn't always have as dynamic antagonists as other series do, because they can often be so much more one-dimensional. And I think if we had them have aspects of play to them you know whether that play was like good or bad you know Mm -hmm. like even if it was bad play like like a cat plays with its food before Mm -hmm. it eats it you know like even if it was something like that it would i think make them more in-depth characters that seem more like real people because even the worst people in our world still have some sense of humor Mm -hmm. still take enjoyment out of different things and without getting to see that side of them without getting to see them enjoy things or without getting to see them actually have fun, I think we lose some of their humanity 
Yeah, for sure. I think the closest we get is the Emperor's laugh, right? Mm -hmm. Where he laughs at people being wrong and and (laughs) the dark side succeeding and things like that. But, But I definitely think that it's missing a component of why are you laughing other than just I'm evil? And yeah, it's more like for a purpose, like I'm going to laugh like this because it's going to intimidate my foe Mm -hmm. rather than I'm actually really enjoying this and this giving me joy. Like it doesn't seem like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a a really good point. And certainly with Vader and Kylo and all the others. Vader probably maybe has it a teeny bit more. And you, you do get some snark from Tarkin. Mm-hmm. But it's still so minimal compared to the rest. They seem so, I don't know, just kind of like dour or something oftentimes. And they just lean fully into the sinister and they don't, yeah, have another aspect that would make them human villains. Yeah, there is the great double pun that Vader does in Rogue One. <laughs> well, we call it great <laughs> <laughs> of choking on your aspirations uh, yeah <laughs> yes very good <laughs> you and the wordplay yes indeed <laughs> well my missed opportunity is that i wish we saw more of play with the younglings in the mm. jedi order because i think that play is such an important role in kids lives right and distinguishing often kids from adults and i think that there should at least be an exploration about how being drafted into this cult, essentially, where you have to distance yourself from your own humanity in some ways and your own mm-hmm. relationships and things like that, how that affects things like play. And when they're de- dealing with so much responsibility that you have as a Jedi, right, just with the power that you have and your responsibility to the galaxy, do you have time for play? And how does it affect the development of a young person? And... Yeah. You know, where where do we see that being unhealthy for them? And is that one of the reasons why Anakin never feels at home in the Order? Because he has an element of play, right? He, again, with kind of cockiness at times and like his banter and his decisions to do what he wants just because it's fun and drive whatever he wants or fly whatever he wants. Like, he, ha- he does these things because he enjoys it. And... Maybe that is something that made him more of an outsider among the other Padawans or the other younglings. Yeah, I just, I think that's something that would be interesting to be explored. Maybe it has in some comics or some other other extended material, but it's not, not something I've, I've, I've seen personally. Yeah, it would have been cool to see, like, even just in the prequels, just like one scene of the kids playing games with mm-hmm. their Jedi powers. Because isn't that a big way that people teach kids to do things when they're really young is they make games out of things. So they can teach different Jedi skills through games, whether it's bouncing balls around or something, but only using the force, Mm. like things like that, that would be so easy to do and to create tons of different types of Jedi games that they could play. But uh, yeah, I think that one, that would have made it a more realistic situation. Mm -hmm. And two, I think it would have made it even more, you know, heartbreaking to know that even if it was just a short scene you saw with all these kids playing, that like, yeah, they're all killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So uh, it would be something I, I would love to see more of. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, then I guess what's your what's your takeaway for this discussion? My takeaway is that Star Wars is both very good and very bad at play. Hmm. <laughs> that they use it they can use it very well for their protagonists to yeah help them be more dynamic characters and to add so much to the the movies of star wars and just how much enjoyment that viewers get from it but they also kind of drop the ball on the flip side of it for their antagonist and allowing it to add more depth and just more layers totally what about you i think mine is one of our patented things to look for next time i watch Mm. and i want to look for the jokes and seeing how they exist in universe yeah so seeing you know not just looking at this as a joke that i enjoy because i've always loved star wars but looking at how this is part of the developments of the relationships that we see on screen. When Han says something funny, who is he saying that to and why is he saying it, right? What reaction is he hoping for and what are the reactions that he gets? And so seeing play as a form of relationship building and uh, Mm. looking for what that's like for them as characters in a story. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, would you like to bring up what we'll be discussing next week? So we're going to be returning to Harry Potter, and we're going to look at the theme of ability. Ability in Harry Potter. That'll be exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines. Or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much again, and we'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.